So I think of alignment as living from your truth instead of anyone else's truth, embodying what you desire to do and be and create instead of subscribing to any expectations or society's values of what you think you should be. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. Thank you so much, Melissa, for taking the time to join us today for this podcast episode. I am so delighted and honored to have you on. I got to join your mastermind about six months ago. It's been about six months of kind of journeying together as part of your mastermind. And let me just back up first and say, joining your mastermind was one of the easiest and best decisions that I've ever made. It made zero sense on paper. I was already part of another coaching program and had invested in some other ways that really weren't panning out the way that I had hoped. And I, for whatever reason, decided to listen to that little internal nudge of like, maybe you should just put an application. It doesn't hurt. And then I remember on a call, the application call, just feeling this overwhelming sense wash over me of like, yes, like I am supposed to do this. And I remember being like almost nervous telling my husband, David, because I was like, this makes no sense for us to do right now because on paper, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. But I, I'm so grateful that I listened to that intuition and that kind of internal nudge because it's been just an amazing, amazing journey. So maybe you could start with just telling us who you are and what you do and a little more about the coaching and the mastermind. Yeah, absolutely. And first, I just want to highlight, because I know you've shared with me before how like, I don't even think you were in my community before joining the mastermind. No, I wasn't. Brand new. I love that you said yes to doing something like this coaching program, this mastermind, without even really having a foundation of like a connection between me and you or the program at all. You just like, really trusted your intuition. A lot of people don't do that. So that I think is just really cool about you. And I love that. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. And the program itself and me too. So hi. <laughs> hi, my name is <laughs> Melissa. And so I'm a coach for conscious entrepreneurs who are ready to let go of the sort of hustle mentality, the overwhelm, the burnout, and come back to themselves as a business owner and lead from their wholeness instead of any sort of self-abandonment. So helping people to create what I call aligned abundance, which is money that you're able to earn in a really abundant way, but through your alignment, through your truth, your wholeness, instead of seeking approval or avoiding abandonment or anything like that. So in the coaching program we're talking about in my mastermind, which is called the Aligned Abundance Mastermind, it's all about merging strategic business tactics with this inner work to help us come back to ourselves so that we can all lead businesses from this place of truth and connection um, and all doing it in this community of entrepreneurs who are like willing to be vulnerable and honest about who they are. And people just get so open and beautiful. And yeah, it's just a really special experience that I'm so grateful I get to be part of and I get to meet people like you, which is the best part. Yeah, I think it's so hilarious because a huge part of how we named this podcast is based on like how I started showing up like right away. Like, I found that like every time I was engaging with with anybody in the community, really, like whether it was on a group coaching call or even just like one-on-one, I just found that I was like always crying. Like I always had all this emotion welling up. And I think so much of that came from a place of gratitude of just like, wow, like to be a part of a community like this is it's just incredible. It's like what our hearts and our souls, I think, long for that kind of connection. And not just in a like, 
emotional, kind of philosophical, like thinking about life, digging deep into things, but in it, like, hey, let's also talk about business tactics. I think it's really rare and really beautiful and special. My husband and I have great conversations, but when it comes to some of the business tactics and like talking marketing and funnels, and he's just like, babe, I love you, but that's just not my thing. Like, you know, so I think having a group of community of people where you can have those kind of conversations on all kinds of levels, like we can switch gears from what's going on, like what's happening in your heart, what's blocking you from the next goal. Let's hold space for like something really major that's happening in your life. And how does that relate to your business? Because your business is a reflection of you. And instead of like trying to segregate those things, really allowing all that to kind of become woven together in such a beautiful way. So it's just been such a joy and honor. I would love to hear from you maybe just a little bit more about living in alignment because I know it's a huge part of what you teach and what you guide. And so I'm curious, have you always lived in alignment? Maybe we can start with that. Yeah. Yeah. And let's define it first for anyone who's like alignment. What is that? So I think of alignment as living from your truth instead of anyone else's truth, embodying what you desire to do and be and create instead of subscribing to any expectations or society's values of what you think you should be. So sometimes it means going against the grain. Sometimes it means doing things a little bit differently than other people do, as long as you're honoring what's in your heart. And so for me personally, I've always been kind of like a, in a slight way, go against the grain kind of person. Like, let me just try to experiment. I'll put it that way. I've always loved experimenting. But I haven't always been connected to my truth or my wholeness. And I think those are really, really valuable parts of alignment too, of not just doing something that's different for the sake of it, but doing it because it's deeply aligned with who you are as a human being. So, I mean, gosh, I would say in the last few years is when I've really started to feel more deeply aligned. And there's been a lot of uh, experiences I've gone through to help me get to that place, like burnout pivoting my business a number of times, you know, going through different relational experiences too, that have all just brought me back to myself and have shown me what it looks like to live from that place of truth and how I can do that more. Mm, I love that. So I would love to know, one thing I would be curious about is living in alignment. I think a lot of times it's an ongoing process from what I've already learned and observed is that it's not just like, you choose once like, hey, I think I'm going to choose to live in alignment in this area of my business or my life. But it's like this ongoing invitation of like, Mm. hey, is this in alignment with the values that you hold or with the things that you want to pursue or the kind of lifestyle you want? And I think a huge part of that for me was defining success and realizing that I, I tend to, I think I was brought up in this culture you know, my personal family unit, but also bigger, like the the culture that we live in in America, so often has this kind of hustle mentality. Like we have to push harder, we have to work harder, we have to do. And I know a huge part of your journey and the way that you kind of structure your life is really freedom from that. Like you really allow and you value this kind of slower nature of things. So could you maybe just give us a little glimpse into what you value, how you structure your day even, or how you've been able to make that shift out of kind of a hustle mentality and into more ease? It's such an ongoing process because, you know, I was thinking even this week, my enrollment is open for my mastermind. And so I'm doing a lot of live streams and interviews and there's just a lot of other things going on for the launch. And I've been having like 12 hour work days, which is so different from what I normally do in my life and what I normally am open for. And What's important to me is noticing that. And so today I've like canceled some of the things I was going to do because I realized I'm doing too much. I'm going back into an old way of being. I've said yes to things that I didn't need to say yes to. And I could just pull back a little bit. And I think that's important when we're talking about alignment is that you won't get it perfect forever. You know, you'll know what alignment is and you can live it for as long as you can. And then you might have a moment like I did this week where I realized crap. I'm like going back into an old way of being. And now I just get to consciously choose and shift into doing something different, honoring my needs and my body and my energy instead of like overdoing it, which is how I've done it for a lot of my life. And so I think that's important. Just remembering that you can define what alignment looks like for you and you can live it as much as you possibly can. And then you might get to a moment where you're tested 
on whether you're going to choose to be in alignment or you're going to choose to fall back into an old pattern. And so it's your choice. It always is. We always have choice in our life of how we're going to show up. And so it's your choice of, do you want to stay in alignment? Do you want to make some shifts in order to get back into it or continue to exhaust yourself or burn out or something like that? Mm, Yes. I know you had a really specific experience with burnout. Would you mind sharing a little more about that and what you, how you would define burnout as somebody that's been through it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you said, how would you define burnout? Because we think of burnout as this thing that's caused from like exhaustion and overwork and overwhelm. And I actually think those are like the symptoms of the deeper root cause of burnout. And I think of burnout as walking down a path that's no longer yours for too long. And so for me, I went through this period of burnout in 2018 that had been building for probably a couple of years at that point. And my solution, when I started feeling really burnt out, this is what I did. I was like, let's add a live event, like a 200 person event. Let's also reach out to book agents so I can start writing a book. Let's launch a brand new course. Let's launch a mastermind. Like I was adding all of these things to my plate because I thought the reason I feel so unenergized and unmotivated is because I must just be like bored of the things I was doing. So let's add a lot more new things because that will make me feel fired up again. And obviously it only ended up making me feel more drained because I was adding all of these things into something that wasn't fulfilling me anymore. And so I went through this period of burnout, which eventually manifested as physical burnout. They say that the universe will like poke you first and it'll whisper (laughs) to you. And then if you still don't listen, it'll yell at you. And then eventually it's going to do something to your body to like really give you a signal that you're not following your path. Mm. And that's what happened to me where I did a blood test and found out I had like raging cortisol and adrenal fatigue and thyroid issues. And that was a lot of why I was feeling the exhaustion and overwhelm. And so I took six months off from my business, which at that time, it was a multi-million dollar business, still is, but it was like expanding and, and thriving at this time. And I was like, can I take six months off to heal? What's that going to do to my business? But it didn't really feel like I had a choice because I knew that I needed to take some space. And so I did. And that experience changed my entire life because it completely went against the paradigm that I'd been living in for like 15 plus years at that point. Mm. I've always been the sort of high achiever leader, starter of all of the clubs and things at school and uh, leader of all the organizations. And suddenly... It felt like everything was taken away from me. And now I I wasn't being recognized for what I was doing in my life. I didn't have the achievement that I was chasing or the things that would prove to other people that I was good. I was worthy. I was suddenly just like sitting on the couch watching Netflix because that's all I could really do because my body was so just exhausted. And doing that long enough started to show me the other sides of who I am. I started getting into things like gardening and beekeeping and just random creative projects that showed me that I, I'm more than just a, a business owner. It gave me this sense of wholeness. And I remember this was like a pivotal moment. It's going to sound so simple, but this was like a pivotal moment in my burnout journey where I had been feeling for a long time like worthless for sitting on the couch and not having the energy to do things because that's what my identity was. And my partner at the time came in the room when I was like watching TV. And I remember I I was, I got like anxious and I was like, I'm going to start doing something in just a second. I'm just like finishing this show really quick. And he responded and said, you just look so cute just sitting there. And I remember that that, like, it just was a turning point for me of like, I can be cute just sitting here. I don't have to get up and be doing something. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be productive to be worthy. I can literally just be. Mm. And that started to reshape the way that I thought about my own identity mm-hmm. and who I am and what I'm worthy of. And yeah, it was just a total paradigm shifting experience over the that sabbatical that I took and continues to teach me new ways of doing business and life. Mm. Even some of the like more kind of euphoric moments or these big, big grandiose epiphanies that we have in our lives or about our business. Maybe somebody that's listening right now even is feeling that like, whoa, like I've been wanting to spend more time with my kids, but like didn't believe that it would be possible to actually step back and enjoy time with my kids 
and have my business grow at the same time. Like there's this constant tug of war that I think a lot of people feel. So I'm just imagining, you know, being in that space that you were in or somebody that's maybe listening that feels that tension between their kids. Like when you start to reintegrate back into your business and start stepping back into the doing, are there ways of being or practices that you have that have helped you kind of continue to stay centered or aligned as you kind of reintegrate? Oh, yeah, that is such a good question because it's not guaranteed. And I will say that when I came back into my business after those six months, it probably took me another six to 12 months to fully embody this sense of like, I can let it be easy. I don't have to overcomplicate things. I don't have to be overwhelmed. So that's, I think would be number one is to give yourself some time. You don't have to get it perfect. You come back from burnout or a sabbatical or even just you're feeling overwhelmed and you want to start doing things differently. Know that it's a process, that it took you probably decades to learn the patterning and conditioning that's led you to living in the way that you are right now. And so it might not be an overnight thing that's going to shift in your life. And that is okay. That is perfect. You're not doing it wrong. You're doing (laughs) it absolutely right. And then another thing that I would say is that, you know, for me at the time, a lot of the people I was surrounded by were people who were like on the grind, like they were hustling, growing these seven, eight figure businesses. And I loved being part of that culture for a while because it was fun and invigorating. And I thought I wanted that for my life too. And I love those people and I'm still friends with many of them today, but I needed to find some other people that were showing me different ways of expanding and business and life and just showing up for their lives in in a way that wasn't all about the hustle and the growth. And I think that's important too, of like, what is your environment teaching you? What is your environment showing you about what's possible for your life? Do you have people in your life who are showing you the kind of lifestyle that you want to be living? Or is everyone around you living this lifestyle that you've bought into, but that doesn't really feel like the thing you want to be marinating in every day? So that's something else too. And then the third thing that I'll say on this, when you're going through overwhelm or you're wanting to realign yourself, coming back from a sabbatical or even just feeling burnt out and wanting to shift is creating some kind of practice to come into connection with your truth on a regular basis. For me, that practice is often journaling. I just find a lot of peace in journaling, a lot of self-connection. And the more that I do it consistently, the more that it will bring me deeper into my truth so that I can start to know and feel within myself. And especially when I'm journaling, if something is aligned for me or if I'm doing it because of some old pattern that I'm used to. And so having some kind of practice like that, whether it's journaling, meditating, breath work, dancing, EFT, hypnotherapy, there's a lot of different things that you can do to just kind of drop in to yourself. And the more that you can do that, the more easy it becomes to discover your own answers and then start living them. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I feel like I've been living that. Like I've experienced the transformation that started to happen for me of really prioritizing. It really was a value issue. You know, like I knew in my head that journaling was so important to me, but I wasn't prioritizing it as a business task. It it felt like more of a luxury, like almost like self-care is like this distant, like you get to do that when you have extra time and running a business and having two small children, there's just not a lot of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so without prioritizing that first, I think it's easy to let those priorities shift and those values kind of change. And so I've lived that, like I've started to see how differently I was operating in my business and then myself as well. The last two weeks have been a little bit crazy. And I've noticed that I've just felt flustered. I felt anxious. I felt a little bit overwhelmed with things. And when I sat back recently and started to think about it, I was like, I haven't been journaling like at all. There's been an absence of that. And I think, you know, it's not that the pen to paper has some magic power in it. It's the fact that it's this, like you said, kind of coming home to yourself, like bringing the awareness back to what do I actually value? Am I living out old ways of being? You know, for me, I think my mind goes straight to like financial as well, because we lived, we brought, we're brought up with very little money. And it's this ongoing journey of like how to expand in that way as well, because I have so much scarcity in my mindset and in my world and, and, 
And I even kind of wonder, like in my bones, like in a cellular level, like how much of this has been handed down to me for generations. And so if I'm going to help expand beyond what that capacity was or that kind of upper limit was for me, there's an ongoing call to to really come home and, and you know to myself and to bring that alignment into really awareness of like, what do I actually care about? Where do I actually want to spend my time? If I'm really spending my time on the things that are going after the, the true things that I'm really after in my life, I might be actually spending my day a little differently than I would if I just show up and just get to work and start right away with the task. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true that you know, the practices that bring us the closest to ourselves are often the first things we check out the window when life gets busy. And yet they're the things that when life gets busy are probably the most important for us to do so that we can actually feel how we're feeling instead of overdoing it and disconnecting from ourselves. I totally get that. And I, I do that sometimes too. So I feel you. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about scarcity because I, you know, I kind of mentioned it with money and finances, but Scarcity can be a lot more than just money related. Do you want to talk a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I like that you said that it's more than just finances because I really see it as the lens that you're looking at your entire world through. So if you're looking at your entire world through the lens of abundance, then you're probably seeing things like possibility. You're seeing opportunities when a problem arises, you're starting to see the solutions or the opportunity to learn or something that you're going to gain from that problem. Like you're seeing the world through this lens of possibility. And so when we see through the lens of scarcity, then we're just automatically looking for where there's lack, where things are not working out for us, where instead of a lesson being there to teach us, it's just like a crappy situation that we have to go through. Mm. It's more of this like victim energy. And this place of nothing ever works out for me. Everything always crumbles or isn't good enough. And I also think that abundance and scarcity are rooted in our own self-worth. So the abundant side being like having the confidence and the inner self-love and self-worth inside of you. And then the scarcity being more of like needing to prove that you're worthy, needing to get approval from other people, not feeling good enough all of these different things that are wrapped up in scarcity. And then, of course, from that place, if that's the lens that you're seeing your life through, that's the lens you're seeing your self-worth through, then it makes sense that we would attract less financial abundance because we wouldn't be seeing the opportunities. We wouldn't be seeing the possibilities that are there. We'd be interpreting things through the lens of like, it's my fault. I'm not good enough. I caused this versus what's a lesson here that I get to learn. So yeah, really, I think just shapes our entire reality. And I also think that two people could go through essentially the same exact experiences. And if one person's looking at it through the lens of abundance, and another person is looking at it through the lens of scarcity, the paths that they're going to take from that situation will be totally different. And so the outcomes and results they get will also be very different. That's Mm -hmm. why I think it's so important that we notice and become aware of the places we're operating from scarcity so we can start shifting into abundance. I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to join me for my digital at-home workshop to help you uncover limiting beliefs that hold you back from achieving your dreams. To access it, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs. Light a candle, grab a pen, get cozy with the printable workbook and a 40-minute workshop that will help invite you to take a look at the ways that your subconscious beliefs might be hindering the goals you have in your business. Again, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs to get your free access today. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I love that. I actually am thinking of specific conversations that I've had that I probably had one very similar prior to the mastermind to beginning the mastermind with you. And I heard it again recently. And I I, I, like so much of the conversation kind of just like made me cringe because Mm -hmm. all I was hearing was all this like negativity and lack. And, and I just wanted to like shake this friend and be like, no, don't you see what's possible? Like, don't you see? And I, I think that was such a, um, a marker for me. Like that moment was one of the markers of growth that's happened internally. Like all of the big major shifts Mm -hmm. that have happened being a part of a community like this, where it is so possibility focused and 
I think I want to be cautious too to say like that's not to say we're not honest about the hard stuff too. That being possibility focused does not mean you just shove the hard stuff under the rug or ignore it. It's mm-hmm. much more of like, we're here with you in that and and what's possible for you. And so I think that's just been a, a really cool invitation. And I think I actually did this exercise. I didn't even tell you I was going to do this, but I, I did this exercise the other day. I was thinking about it and I was like, what are some like measurable things f- about this mastermind that we could talk about? Like changes that I've seen happen. And I was like, man, most of it, like almost a hundred percent of it is... I feel like the value that I've gotten out of the mastermind of this experience has been internal. It's been Mm -hmm. so much like deep internal work. It's a lot of like mindset shifts, a lot of connections to other people. It's been so much that's not like a tangible, hey, this happened in my business or I did this. And so I started to just make a list on my phone, like, cause I was, I think walking and, you know, kids were running and it was crazy. And so I was like, I'm just going to make a list of some things. And I started to write them down and I was kind of floored. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to read them to you. Ooh, I, I haven't really shared them. Oh. Yeah, I haven't shared them in the group for anything. So I found and hired an integrator that I hope will become the CEO of my business one day. I hired my dream social media manager. She's like an absolute delight. She totally gets my brand voice. I feel completely comfortable with her mm-hmm. taking over so much of that side of my business. I was able to up-level my editing and how I outsourced that. I felt like I found something that felt much more aligned with that. I brought my evergreen funnel into alignment by investing in amazing copywriters I started blogging weekly, posting on Instagram consistently, refined my workflows and started using ClickUp, started this podcast, created a submission workflow to get all my weddings published, created even better boundaries around my time with my kids. And that I felt like I could have kept going, but kids came Mm -hmm. in and interrupted me. And I was kind of blown away myself at just going, I felt like so much of the transformation has happened, has happened more internally, but it's really beautiful to see some of those external changes mm-hmm. happen as well. That's so, really interesting. Can I ask a question on that? Yeah. Were there any internal shifts that you needed to make in order to do any of those things in your business? Absolutely. Yes. I think the biggest one is hiring. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to that scarcity and and the financial scarcity, I was terrified. I had outsourced in other ways and seen that come true, but it was all very small ways and very controllable. Like for instance, my editing for my photography, I had seen the power of outsourcing that. And I almost like, I don't know a better way to say it, but preach the gospel of outsourcing your editing to other photographers, because I was like, this is amazing. The freedom that you get from this, it would take me like 60 hours to edit a whole wedding. I was super slow at it because I was super, super, super picky about every little detail on it. And when I realized I could outsource that for like two or $300, it was like a no brainer. So that I had been doing for years, but making an investment with somebody that was like going to be an ongoing monthly cost felt with a person instead of just a company felt like totally intimidating. And so there were some definite shifts in there of like kind of choosing to like believe that what was possible and take a risk in like a really good, beautiful way. So I think that was a huge one. I also think it's an ongoing thing where there's still things that I'm like, it's like, I can see things coming on the horizon. I, I have this sense of like, almost like a funnel. Like there's like this, it feels more instead of vertical, it feels more horizontal to me for some reason. All of this stuff has been happening, happening, happening. And we're getting to this like really thin space right now where it's been a lot of like undoing, redoing, rethinking. And we're getting to this like really, really thin space where it's like, oh man, like what is happening right now? You know? Mm-hmm. And, but I just have had this sense that like on the other side of that, if we just keep living in that alignment, it's just going to like explode. Yeah. And, I was working with my therapist and she was telling me like, just get it out on paper, like draw, paint it, do something. And I haven't had art supplies out in many, many years. I was an art major Mm -hmm. in college. I haven't had art supplies out in many years. And she was like, get it out with your daughter and just have fun with her. And so I did. And it was, it was beautiful exercise to kind of just put it on paper of like, yes, this is the space I feel like we're in. And this is what I see as possible all because I'm just choosing to, you know, again, you're talking about kind of those tests that like you can continue to be kind of tested in how you live out that new way of being. And mm-hmm. I feel like that has definitely been something that I've witnessed in our lives. Mm. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love how the internal is influencing the external and how you're just like flowing with it flowing Mm -hmm. with the courageous steps you're taking too, especially with hiring and the money that goes into that and working through. I think that's part of how you work through the scarcity Mm -hmm. is doing it. Like you're doing it 
you're coming up against it. And then when you make it to the other side, then it starts to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. it's possible. Mm-hmm. I got this. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I would love to know what are you learning about right now? What were some like books, some new practices, anything that's really like inspiring you right now? Mm, yeah. Two things that have been really inspiring me. I'm, I'm embarking a lot more on embodied healing and embodied work and a couple practices that I've been learning more about. One being breath work that I've been doing for a while and certified in, but it's something that I've been, yeah, just learning more about different styles and facilitating it with other people as well. So that's a big one, breath work. And then Tantra is something that I've been learning more about too, which is like the sacred sexuality and embodiment and presence all wrapped up into one. So that's something that I've been learning more about too. But yeah, I'm all, I'm like the kind of person that always has some random thing I'm learning. <laughs> I just really love learning. I love the opportunity to be curious. Mm, I love that. What are you learning about? I am, I mean, I just re-picked up the book, The Big Leap. I feel like that book was like, mm. I could not put it down. Okay. And yeah, I feel like I just picked it back up recently and was like, I just need to like reread some of this stuff. You know, just, I feel like, especially as I was being reminded of some of those kind of upper limits, the things that I've like, you know, I've, I've excelled to a certain point before I've experienced this level of success. And as I am approaching that again, and like wanting to push past it, feel this like nudge that like, you know, we can push past that. I was like, just noticing it, aware of it, but not sure how to move beyond it. So I just felt like I was like, I got to pull the book back out. I just got to like read some of it. And so I just can't put that book down right now. Mm, So good. Yeah. That's a book that I'm going to keep coming back to for probably my entire life. That's what I was going to say. I think it will be for me too. I feel like this is not just a one-time coming back to it thing. It's Mm going to be an ongoing like, wait, I need to reread a certain part of that right now. Mm. Can I ask you, are there any upper limits that you've been conscious of that you're breaking through? Yes. I think, I mean, this feels like kind of cliche to me, but I feel like it's the living out abundance of love and money at the same time. I feel Mm -hmm. like we've had success in money in different variations, but for some reason, even though we've, we've had incredible success in our business and have gone from like nearly filing bankruptcy after like over a decade of doing it all the way to high level of like great. We have clients coming in like crazy. I've taken a lot of that income and invested it into my education side of the business. And so we've allowed ourselves to get back to a place of scarcity, of a place of difficulty, even though our business on the wedding side is totally thriving. And so we've had these narratives running through that conversations that we'll have where we have this narrative of like, you know, we're squandering it away or we're not being wise with our money or... And so there's a definitely a part of that. And then I'm noticing the shift of like, I think a huge part of the reason that money feels really hard right now is because we have so much love and appreciation and gratitude in our family for the love that we share. And I think we feel so, David and I both, like we feel so lucky, you know, we're, we're not perfect, but we're not like, we don't have the perfect relationship. Like we certainly have things that we're working through and working on. And, but I think we, we both have such a respect and appreciation for each other. And we are very aware of how unique and special that is. And when we look at our kids, we both talk about like every single day, we're just like, how in the world did we get to be parents? Mm -hmm. I'm going to cry now saying this, like, how do we get to be parents to these two tiny, beautiful, quirky, weird little humans that we love so much? Like it is just such a joy and honor to get to watch them like develop into who they are. And so I feel like we Mm -hmm. have so much love just like swirling around our home all the time. And it feels sometimes like marinating in that. It feels so good. And yet at the same time, it's like the money part. I I feel like I'm very curious about it. And I'm noticing this pattern of like, almost like the more we marinate in that, the more things start to get tight or hard financially, which then causes conversations or a lot of times what will happen for me is that I will start feeling like I've been being tested with like, okay, I'm just going to choose to believe I'm going to hire this person. I'm going to do that. You know, we're just, we're living in some faith here. We're, we're going for it with our business and, and inviting mm-hmm. more possibility into our business. And then when anytime David is feeling a little bit 
pulled back or like scared or nervous about that because it's kind of my choice with the business. He gives me total freedom with that. And so anytime he's feeling that kind of tension, I immediately am like, I start kind of wanting to push him away because I'm like, Mm -hmm. nope, can't be around that. Can't be affected by your scarcity mentality is kind of how it feels to me. And so I noticed it the other day happening very, very early in, in, which I feel like was such a win (laughs) because it wasn't like we had to wait two days into what turned into a huge argument or a huge, Mm. like two days of distancing ourselves from each other. It was like, I noticed it almost right away and we could actually name it and have a conversation about it and say, Hey, I don't know how to handle this, but like you just communicating to me that you're scared about some things like just rocked my world. It completely just flipped things upside down. And I feel myself wanting to be like, nope, you just stay in your corner over there and I'm going to go do my thing over here. Mm -hmm. And so we had this beautiful conversation about all of that and just got really honest with each other. So yeah, I don't know if that answers. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And the growth that comes from that too, of like being able to spot the triggers and the things that would have caused a big argument in the past before they ever happened. That's like life-changing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I see, I think a lot of times for me personally, I feel like there's a a destination for a lot of things. Like I don't realize I'm doing that. It's a subconscious thing that happens for me, but a lot of times I'm like, oh, well, when we get to, you know, this, or when we get to achieve that or whatever, then I'll have this. And I think a lot of times what I'm realizing is like, it's not that those conversations or those tensions are never going to come up. I don't know if that's really Mm -hmm. the destination that I'm really after. Maybe it's more about learning to catch it sooner or learning to have that conversation a little quicker. And, and maybe you do, maybe you do get to a point where we don't have to have any of those conversations because we just know, I, I don't know. We haven't, we certainly haven't gotten to that point yet ourselves, but noticing it is like, feels like such measurable growth, like noticing how long that space would take versus how short it is, is mm. just a testimony to growth. I think within me. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's the realistic route too. It's like yeah. maybe one day you will get to the place where you just don't fight at all, but that seems kind of unrealistic for any two humans that are coming together and just being able to spot it sooner and yeah. have more effective ways of sharing and communicating and healing together mm-hmm. and doing it really fast, like getting quicker and quicker each time. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was one more question I wanted to ask you. Let's see. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, I want to go back to the conversation maybe about ease and flow, because I think Mm -hmm. there's some incredible, I mean, really like life-changing stuff that you've taught me that from experiencing some of the conversations and and just the way that you've kind of taught and navigated, you know, things in the mastermind. And I think it's really, really countercultural to allow your business to be born out of a place of ease. Mm. So maybe we could kind of talk about that. I would love for you to kind of share a little bit more of your thoughts, your heart, your experience, anything that you want to talk about, about allowing things to come from a place of ease instead of, you know, working harder or working longer hours or, work, you know, being tough and strong to fight through things when, because you want to achieve certain things or get certain results. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just, think about this a lot. And I think that a lot of this has been born out of this patriarchal society that we're part of. And almost this sense of, I want to say toxic masculinity. There's obviously healthy masculinity. And then there's the toxic version, just as there is toxic femininity as well. And I see this toxic masculinity as like, I need to prove myself. I need to be better than everyone else. So I need to hustle harder need to overwhelm myself, work 12-hour days so that I can make all this money that I don't even really need just to show other people that I'm worthy. And that might sound like sort of a character of what's happening. But on some level, I think that's what a lot of us are doing or subscribing to is this mentality of, I need to hustle really hard. I need to work really hard in order to be deserving of the things that I want. And I don't even really want these things (laughs) that I think I want, but if I get them, then I'll look good to other people or I'll get approval from other people or I'll look successful by society's standards. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us just kind of wander through life following this paradigm because it's what we've been taught. It's what we see so much on social media, of people showing us all the things that they're building and how hard they're working and how much money they have. And I think that's cool. Like power to you. I'm all about the abundance as well. But 
can we do it in a way that honors who we are instead of abandoning what feels true for us for the sake of some definition of success that isn't actually even ours, mm-hmm. that somebody else's, that society's. And so I think it's so important for us to define, first of all, what does it feel like to be successful to you? What does success actually feel like? And what do you need in order to have that feeling of success? Because you probably need a lot less than you think you do. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should all just not earn very much money and work two hours a week and call that success because that's what, you know, the polar opposite of what we think we should be doing. I think really it's more somewhere in the middle of maybe we've been fed these visions of what we think we should want. And instead of going the complete opposite direction, maybe it's just honoring whatever your definition of success is that might be a little bit less. And so therefore it affords you a different lifestyle of more ease and flow and joy and incorporating the other values that you have into your life beyond just hustle and money and achievement. But yeah, I think it's so wrapped up into our society and really just disconnects us from what we actually care about, what we actually desire to have and be in our lives. And the more that we can become aware of it, the more that we can shift it and choose a different path. And it is, it's wild to me that it's almost this like counter, you said counterculture. Isn't that wild that it's counterculture to not sacrifice who you are and what you desire for the sake of someone else's expectations? I just think that's so interesting. Uh, And yet I've done that. Absolutely. I know most people I know at some point have done that too, until we start to become aware of it. And then we can choose a different path that actually Mm -hmm. feels as good as it looks. Yeah. A really practical example of that for me is one of the coaching programs that I was in before, they literally had you map out how you were going to get to a million dollars. Like how are you going to take your online course and you were going to scale it to this and you had to like sit down and you actually had to like submit projections of this is how you're going to do it. And Mm. there was something that, you know, I, I sort of, started to buy into that. And so every time I wasn't hitting a projection, I had all this like guilt and shame and failure that would like, I, I would just sit in that for days sometimes of like, well, we didn't hit this projection. So now we're not going to hit that mark by that point. And it just had this t- like totally toxic mentality. And I think really learning to undo that and also redefine my definition of success and realize I actually don't know that I care about a million dollars. Like I, for me, I think what I really care about is having a life where we have plenty that we want financially to support the things that we want to do in our lives, which are really not like, I don't, I, I'm not interested in, you know, a lot of what the the society would say is like, this is success. But what I am interested in is, you know, being able to travel with my children or being able to build a deck on our backspace someday. Like there's just little tangible things. And in that process, what I'm really, really wanting to define success about is actually not financial at all. And this has taken me a very long time to to realize this, but to realize that success and how I really want to define it is being able to do something I love, I absolutely am lit up about, have the space and the freedom to do things like journal and meditate and you know go for a run and take off the rest of the day if I want to be outdoors that day because it's beautiful outside or spend more time with my kids and learn how to actually be present with them and not thinking about work when I'm spending my time with them. So it's actually def- redefining that success for me was like, huge. It was totally pivotal in my business and in, in how I'm even pursuing it because now I don't feel this pressure of like, well, I have to work even harder tonight and I have to, you know, sacrifice time with my husband or sacrifice an outing with my children or sacrifice time with friends, whatever it might be to put in this hours and work harder, harder, harder. Because I think a lot of times what happens is out of that place of working harder, 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 we're giving our exhaustion to it. And so, I mean, you've talked a lot about the energy that we give to things. And I think I've noticed that the things that I have created out of that space of like, I've got to do it. It's got to happen at this time. And I've got to push harder. Like it's just different than the things that have come out of a place of I'm inviting relaxation. I'm inviting rest into my daily life. I'm allowing really like almost spirit to move through us and through our body and out externally into some kind of, you know, I've heard people talk, call it like a download. Like you sometimes get these like 
whoa, where did that just come from? Like, I I need to do that. Yeah. Like I want to create this thing. And I think the energy that goes into it and the energy that's behind those kinds of things is just so drastically different in how they're executed as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love everything that you just said. And there's a bunch of things that I want to point out about what you just said. The first being, you're talking about this coaching program you're a part of about scaling to seven figures. And that was like the goal for everybody. And, you know, not to knock the business coaching world, but what I've seen now, now that my eyes are opened to this other way of doing business, I've found that the business coaching world as a whole is often very prescriptive. It's very like, here's exactly step-by-step what you need to do to get to this result that do you even want it? We don't care. We're just going to tell you, you should keep going and earn more and not actually take into account that you're a human and like, what kind of life do you want? Do you want to be running a big team? Do you even need to have a multi-million dollar business? Because there's a cost to having a business at that size. There's a, a lifestyle cost. You know, there's a time and energy cost. So I just, yeah, I have a lot of qualms with the business coaching world because it doesn't consider what you actually desire. It's very much just like we want a good case study of somebody who grew to an eight-figure business. And yeah, I'm just not here for that. I'm not here for yeah. that at all. And I love what you said too about embodying how you want to feel now of, can I invite more rest and ease in now instead of like, let me hustle and overwhelm and exhaust myself to get to this result because then the result will give me the lifestyle that I want. It's like, it doesn't work that way. It was such a way that like, I totally told myself that lie. Like I lived that out for so long. Like if I just hustle long enough now, then we can rest later. So you were spot on with that. (laughs) Yeah. And you are so not alone in that. So many people feel that way of like, well, I'll just, this is, I want my life to be rest and ease and flow and just simple. And so I'm going to hustle really hard and burn myself out getting there because then I'll eventually I'll have that. (laughs) But it's like we get to embody now the feelings and qualities that we want to experience later. Like what if you could feel all of those things that you desire right now instead of waiting for some result outside of yourself to give you the way you want to feel? We create how we feel. So let's like let it all be joyful. Let it all feel easy. Let it all be fun. And I'll just piggyback on that and say too, like you've taught me a lot about that. A lot of times we we jump right into the way of doing, like if we want to be a certain way in life, we want to live a certain way, we want to experience a certain level of success or you know whatever it is that we jump right into the doing. And I'm guilty of this for sure. But instead, what if we flip it and we start to sit back and say, what if we first try to learn how to be that first? And that's what I hear you saying. Like when I'm reflecting that back to you, I hear you saying, if that's how you want to live your life, then, well, what if you just start living your life that way now? What happens if you start mm-hmm. living that way now? And I think it's such an invitation for all of us to to really get clear on like how we want to define success and what can we be doing differently in our daily life right now? Because I really do believe it is so many little tiny decisions that begin to build up to the experience that we have a year from now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like you were saying earlier that the embodiment that you have now on your way to the result will impact what the result looks like. So mm-hmm. if you're embodying hustle and overwhelm or just any kind of quality that you don't want or desire in that result, it's going to somehow play itself out in the way that result manifests. So if you can embody the qualities that you really want to feel, then the way that result is going to happen is going to look different. It's going to probably feel a lot better too. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with us. Tell us a little more. How can people find out about you? And if they're interested, how can they join the mastermind, be a part of the next round? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are interested in the mastermind or even just to take a step back from that, if you're interested in growing a business, but in a way that honors who you are, that honors your truth, that isn't prescriptive, that will give you the tools, but allow you to choose because we trust your intuition. We trust that you know what's best for you. So you'll have a lot of the support from our coaches and our community, but it's also you that gets to decide so that nothing feels prescriptive. So if you're looking for that kind of support and growing a business, but also doing the inner healing work in order to reconnect to yourself, then applications for the mastermind are open until February 19th, which if you are watching this live is tomorrow. So make sure to submit your application. You can find the link at alignedabundancemastermind.com. 
And that's where you can learn more about the program, the various coaches we have inside the program, read tons of different case studies and testimonials from people who have been part of it and submit your application. And submitting an application, by the way, I get this question sometimes, doesn't mean you have to join and it doesn't mean you're guaranteed admission either. It's just the first step to seeing if this is a mutually good fit for you. I love that. And if people want to find you more, you have a podcast. Tell us more about where people can find you, follow you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my website's a good place. That's where I post all the podcasts and just some other fun stuff. So that's melissagriffin.com. And then my podcast is called Limitless Life. So that's on any podcasting platform. And then I'm pretty active-ish on Instagram. Lately, I have been. (laughs) And my name over there is Melissa underscore Griffin. So I'd love to chat. Awesome. And if people are interested in the mastermind, how often do you open enrollment for that? Every six months. So I recommend getting your application in by February 19th if you're interested in doing it sometime in the next six, seven months. Otherwise, applications will be opening later in 2021. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. I've just... Love getting to know your heart and who you are and all of the things that you're calling in and creating in your life. Yeah, I I just feel the way you lead with heart. And I appreciate that about you. Thank you. I feel very seen and loved. And you've created such a culture of safety where Mm -hmm. emotionally the safety that I felt walking into that group of people immediately was just so... It was just such a breath of fresh air and a delight to just be in the presence of all of the humans that are a part of it. So thank you for creating mm-hmm. that that space, that container for all of us to connect. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Appreciate you. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. In fact, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway of $100 via Venmo for one lucky reviewer each month for the first three months. All you have to do is leave a review and be sure to drop your Instagram handle in the review so we know how to get in touch. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love. You are light. And you are worthy simply because you exist.